Hey! What's your name? My name's Buddy. Does someone need a hug? Looks like a Christmas tree. Hey! Have you seen these toilets? They're ginormous! Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. You like sugar, huh? Is there sugar in syrup? Yes. Then yes! We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. I plan out our whole day. First we'll make snow angels for two hours, and then we'll go ice skating, and then we'll eat a whole roll of Toll House cookie dough as fast as we can, and then, to finish, we'll snuggle. I've got to go to work, buddy. Francisco? Oh, let's go, Mr. Francisco, that's fun to say. Francisco. Hi! Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color for the house? <gasps> Ooh! Sucky! Marvelous how oh. <laughs> oh, it's very sucky. It's very sucky. That was funny, right? Tonight we uh, are going to be finishing our series entitled Scent that has taken us through the Christmas season. And uh, we've been utilizing the story of Buddy the Elf to uh, play against it, to talk about what it looks like to be one who is sent. And we look at the story of Jesus, the one who is sent, who was um, sent into a world that did not receive him, but came because of his goodness of who he is, that he is light. So he has come into a dark world to bring light. And then we discovered how he was sent into a world of darkness and the, the darkness didn't always receive his light. And then we discovered on Christmas Eve, how we are now called into his marvelous light, called to carry his light to a world in desperate need of it. Now, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing, a beautiful reality that we follow the one who was sent and we carry that light that he was sent with everywhere we go. But one of the things that we can so easily lose is the wonder. Now in that clip, we in those clips we just watched of Buddy the Elf, we saw his wonder, right? Like we see the way he marvels at like everything because for someone who spent the vast majority of their childhood through adulthood living in the North Pole with Santa, the world of New York City seems absolutely amazing. I mean, could you imagine? I, I was in New York City not too long ago and it, it's cool, but like, 
I didn't enjoy it as much as Buddy did, you know? Like, Buddy is just, I, and there's so many more clips you could show, right? The world's best cup of coffee. And he is just so excited and enamored. He, we saw uh, his excitement over a ginormous toilet. Because remember earlier on, he's, he's crying to himself in the, the, in, uh, in the North Pole, in the bathroom. And he's rather large and the elves are rather not. And so he's used to their size of toilet. But now there's one his size. It's awesome. The sucky thing and all of it, right? He is just amazed at what he has seen. And people keep giving him the weirdest looks for all of it, right? In other words, Buddy kind of sees things the way a kid does. He sees things for the first time and he's completely captivated by that. It reminds me of something I once heard a comedian remark with. He said, I wish I enjoyed anything on earth as much as my kid enjoys bubbles. I feel that. See, we can so easily, just through the course of life, like we have, we have lived in the world similar to like New York City, where like normal, everyday Western things happen and we, and we live in that world. So we're not amazed by a, a, a suction thing from a mailroom. If you saw that in the mailroom, you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, that, yep, sucks. Like you wouldn't be putting your face under it, I'd, I'd imagine, right? Unless you're like really looking for a, just an enjoyable day. But, but for Buddy, he hasn't been exposed to that. Now, when I used to work in guest relations before I'm, where I'm at now at Disney and cast activities, uh, when I was in guest relations, I worked in Magic Kingdom. And at the end of Main Street USA, what is there? A castle, Cinderella Castle is right there. It's there every single day. Even when COVID shut down the park, there was still Cinderella Castle. And I saw that castle every single day. But see, when your office ends with a castle at the end of it and you're there every single day, at least six days a week, it stops being extraordinary, becomes ordinary. See, when we're kids, everything's new and fresh. We have this wonder when we discover things. But we've experienced things. So even things that would, for Buddy the Elf, be incredible. We're like, yeah, yep, they're probably lying. It's probably not the world's best cup of coffee. You know, like, who, who ranked it? Now, each of us are unique, but wouldn't you, wouldn't you love to have the kind of wonder that Buddy has in that clip? those clips like like just the eyes of a child as he's just experiencing everything and then when it comes to our lives following after Jesus for those of us who do follow him most of us can remember the early excitement that we had when we were following him where you just enjoyed his presence you were like you had a wonder about you in his presence so things like prayer and reading the scriptures, probably if you're like me, weren't, didn't feel like the chore it sometimes feels like today. It felt like the methods by which you can hear from God and talk to him. You realize it was a way that you could draw near to him. And that was enjoyable in and of itself. It wasn't for anything other than to grow in relationship. Now, for some of you, maybe that's still how it feels. You, you, you still are maintaining that wonder. And if that's you, that's awesome. But for many of us, that's just not the case. Now, for many of us, we have been making New Year's resolutions and goals and stuff now that it's um, January 1st, which by the way, Happy New Year's. Um, 
And maybe you came up with a spiritual New Year's resolution or two. Maybe you were, you're like, okay, this is the year. I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to read the Bible in a year, and I'm actually going to follow through this time around and not get hung up in Leviticus, right? Um, Maybe it's you're going to prioritize coming to church more regularly, or you're going to tithe more regularly, or whatever. Like, all good things, all good spiritual rhythms. But when you think about them, what are you feeling already about it? Are you excited? Do you, are you captivated with wonder? Like, I can't wait to see what I discover in the scriptures this year. Or does it feel like a commitment to a New Year's resolution about like quadrupling your kale intake this year? Now, I'm thankful that as a church, we have always uh, tried to be a space where it's where we we want to invite kids into any and every space that we can imagine including in the gathering and so for tonight in particular we're not even um having our kids room open uh because there is this beauty that happens when we witness things through the eyes of a child and what we're going to be talking about tonight is what jesus talks about in this as he said not only are we supposed to teach kids but we're supposed to learn from them. Now tonight, I wanted to read from a new storybook Bible that comes out later this month. It's called the Kingdom of God Storybook Bible, and it is so good. And specifically, I'm gonna read to you um, a chapter from it called The Upside Down Kingdom. And this, uh, this, this um, takes us from Matthew 5 through 7. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read this chapter with you, um, and I'm gonna have the pictures on the screen. Uh, The font is pretty small. um, And uh, if you could just back up to the one where Jesus is sitting and there's like a crowd around him. Wait for that one. Uh, Other one. Sorry. Other one. I'm (laughs) so sorry. Yeah, I really should be more specific, huh? The, The bigger crowd, the biggest crowd around him. Okay. Okay. During his three years of ministry, Jesus went through many towns and villages, calling out to people, turn from your sin, the kingdom of God is near. Jesus wanted to prepare them to receive God's promises. He wanted them to understand what it means to be citizens of God's kingdom. See, God's kingdom isn't like kingdoms of the world, which belong to the strong and the powerful. Jesus taught that God's kingdom is so is an upside down kingdom which belongs to the gentle and the merciful. See, Jesus wasn't like any of the kings of this world. Most kings are rich and live in palaces or castles, but Jesus had little money and no home. Jesus was giving his followers an example of what it means to seek God's kingdom. So Jesus told them, look at the birds, see how your heavenly father feeds them and look at the flowers in the field. See how God clothes them with beauty. Your heavenly father knows what you need. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added as well. Jesus often spoke to the crowds in parables to explain what his kingdom was like. Jesus told them, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. It's the smallest of seeds for when it grows, it's larger than all the other garden plants. God's kingdom may seem small, while the world's kingdoms might seem so powerful. But one day God's kingdom will fill the whole earth. Jesus also said the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. 
Then in his joy, he goes and he sells all that he has and he buys the field. Jesus taught his followers that God's kingdom is the only treasure worth seeking. It can never fade or be taken away. While many kingdoms are formed by war and violence, Jesus taught that his kingdom would be built on peace and forgiveness. So Jesus told his disciples to pray like this. Our father in heaven, holy is your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus' disciples, they didn't always understand his upside down kingdom. One day they asked him, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? Jesus He called a child close to him and said to his disciples, whoever becomes humble like a child will be the greatest in my kingdom. Jesus taught his disciples that his kingdom can't be earned or achieved, but it's freely given and received with childlike faith. Another time, many parents brought their children and and babies to Jesus. They wanted him to pray for these little ones and to bless them. And the disciples rebuked these people and told them to go away. They didn't want the children to bother Jesus. But Jesus welcomed these children and he took them into his arms. He said, let the children come. Do not send them away. For the kingdom of God belongs to people who are like these little children. Isn't that so good? Jesus and his kingdom are weird. They're weird, but in the best way imaginable. See, the people around Jesus, they knew that God was the king. At least that's what they would have all claimed to believe. But they thought that when he came, when the Messiah, the the sent one, the anointed one would come, that he would be like all the other kings in their world. The kind of king who tells people what to do where to go. But instead, Jesus came and he loved people really well. He served. He told anyone who had ears to listen to come and to obey the way of a different kingdom, one of light, life, and freedom. To turn away from the sin and the brokenness and the ugliness and the darkness and to run after his light. So instead we discover, Jesus says to look at birds. Do they try to control their lives? Do they worry about not having anything to eat? Are they anxious about all these things? No, God's in charge of nature and he takes care of them. And what Jesus is saying is that same God sees you. Jesus says that all we do is seek to live as if we already live in the kingdom. And then when we are called to go and love and live generously, where we don't focus on getting our own way all the time, but we give up everything so that we can serve and love others well, the way that Jesus did for us. He said, that's what it looks like to live, live like the kingdom is the greatest treasure. Because if it is, 
then we are willing to give up anything and everything to go after it because it's worth it. The cost benefit analysis of the kingdom, it's not even a contest. It's whatever is of this world, like chuck it out the door. I'm good. Whatever you got, I want. And then he gives an example of how to pray. Our, our father in heaven, holy is your name. May your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He was giving them a type of prayer, a type of prayer that shouldn't be one that we just recite, although we should absolutely pray this prayer regularly. But allow our hearts to be transformed by prayers like this, that our hearts and our minds would really focus on what matters. Not about getting our own way all the time, not doing whatever we want whenever we want to, but seeing all of life as an opportunity to be a part of God's kingdom of love right here, right now. You see, this could easily, and this has been easily, and even in my own heart, it has easily become uh, another way to the I have to's. Where it becomes like kale, like you better eat your veggies kind of stuff. But if we just think in those terms, what we miss out on is what God's desire is. His desire is not just surface level obedience. His desire is that our hearts would be tuned to desire the things that he desires for us. That we would see with the wonder that he has. With, uh, with my kids, with Asher and Abby, they love to snuggle in our arms. We don't, always, we don't usually have to tell them to. They want to. They get to. This is, there's a wonder that comes with, what's up, dude? You coming up here? Oh, this is happening. (laughs) Hey, dude. Let's put Jesus' words to the test. Hey, baby. I love you both. Hey guys. All right, I'm going to keep teaching, okay? Cool? Okay. All right, love you guys. You can sit right down there if you want. Okay, he's going to sit right there. Okay. See, there's a wonder in having the faith of a child. I promise that this is not scheduled whatsoever. They, I can't schedule them for anything. So, all right. See, there is wonder and having the faith of a child. Hey, baby. Okay, you're gonna sit there too. Okay, be safe. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not focused on I should be anything. They want to be close to their dad right now, apparently. Yeah, it was silly. There's, she's, Translation, that's silly. She's asking you a question. (laughs) See, that's what it looks like to have the wonder of a child. And that's why Jesus, his disciples did a cost-benefit analysis and said the, the benefit of having kids in the presence was not worth the effort. Hey, baby. 
Okay, yep, don't fall off. The disciples would look at this and go, this is a distraction. Kind of distracting, right? But what Jesus said is the benefit of watching our eyes filled with wonder. That's teachable in and of itself. That is a sermon in and of itself. It's worth it. It's better that way. You need to have faith like them. See, my job with these two are to teach them, disciple them, raise them up best I can. But their job is to teach me, to teach us that we would be captivated, that we wouldn't lose the wonder of the castle at the end of Main Street. I mean, the metaphorical one, like the kingdom of heaven, right? Not, not the literal one of the magic kingdom. That one's still pretty impressive, no matter what the size. But the kingdom of heaven doesn't rust, it doesn't fade. It is always good and it is always there. And it's always breaking through into our frame. And it breaks through through interruptions. It breaks through through boring moments. It break, breaks through through midnight phone calls from friends. It breaks through in the heartbreak and in the grief. It breaks through because the kingdom of heaven is breaking through. Will we have eyes to see with wonder? No wonder Jesus wanted little kids to be able to approach him. So that not that they could just learn from him, although that's important, but that people could learn from the way that they saw the world around them. My kids enjoy things better than me. Kids enjoy things generally better than most of us, I'd imagine, right? Abby loves frozen music and she will listen to the same song a hundred times over. Asher loves wearing costumes and he'll wear the Black Panther. He got that on Christmas. He's worn it every day since Christmas. He, I, to my knowledge, he doesn't feel obligated to do it. <laughs> he gets to. He wants to. He will. You know? <laughs> and each of us have this opportunity to engage in the light of Jesus, to be in awe. Now, will there be days when you do, when you're not feeling it and you do it? Absolutely. You pick up your Bible. You talk to God even when he doesn't feel near. You go and you share the gospel even when you're struggling to believe it yourself today. Absolutely, yes, your feelings are deceptive. Mine too. But they can be formed. They can be formed by the kingdom of heaven that we would have faith of wonder, the desire to love, that we can forgive when it hurts, when we can worship together out of a space not just of obligation, but of genuine gratitude and wonder. I'm gonna invite the band to come on up. Because as we enter into this new year, my hope is that each of us would take this opportunity to simply not look at our our year ahead with a bunch of I have tos or I shoulds, but that we would be in a space where we are pursuing Jesus, our rabbi, our teacher. And as we are doing that, we would pursue his kingdom. And as we're doing that, we discover what are the spiritual rhythms that we engage in that are going to facilitate that. So that as we go through this year, we would be in more and more awe of the one we have come to serve and worship. Would you pray with me?
Father, we thank you for your kindness and your wonder. And Lord, I come to you just saying, you know my heart. You know that I'm not often filled with wonder of who you are and what you do. Now imagine I'm not the only person in this room who would say that. But Lord, I want to want to. I want to have the faith of a child. And I desire that for my brothers and sisters in this room right now. So help us. Transform us. Lord, may this new year be filled with an unlimited amount of new opportunities to sit and to wonder at who you are and what you have done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.